Is he okay now? Fantastic. <laughs> so good morning, everyone. Come on, I, I can hear you. Good morning. Thank you very much. Um, I'm so happy to, I'm privileged, right, to, to bring the Word of God to us. Um, when James told me a couple of weeks ago that I would be sharing, you know, um, the Word just dropped in my heart, and I believe that that Word is for someone today. You could be seated here, you could be watching at home, but I believe that that Word is going to reach you where you are in your situation, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I will begin by saying that um, the life of a believer is a life of faith. Right? Yeah, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says that faith is a substance of things, what? Hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The implication of that is that Faith is a conviction that takes as fact the things that we cannot experience with our physical senses, right? For me, um, faith is such a powerful thing in the life of a child of God. And for me, the way I take faith is I translate faith as an absolute trust, an absolute and unconditional trust in God. And trusting in God means that you trust everything that he represents. His life, his words, his promises, his personality, everything that he has said. That is faith. Now, God calls us to this life of faith on a daily, right, to yield ourselves more and more to him. Um, Greg was preaching last week, and I was up there, you know, when he talked about the kids and how they are so trusting. And I wrote down somewhere, I wrote down that the sign of maturity in this world is an increased independence. Is it not? Yes. So when you are increasingly independent, you are taken as someone who is what? More and more matured. But in the kingdom of God, the reverse is the case. The more spiritually matured you are, the more dependent, the more dependent you are expected to be to God. Praise the Lord. Now, um, now I look at myself as a child of God, and I know what God expects of me. I know the kind of life, the life of faith that he expects of me. But there are times in our lives, in my life, you know, when... I do not have that smooth sail, right? There are times truly when it's like I am so hot in the Holy Ghost. Everything is going, right? And then at some point, I have a dip. I have lows in my life. For so many, for so many, you know, um, it usually doesn't turn out too well at the end of the day. That word is doubt. And that's why today we'll be talking about when doubt sets in. When? I didn't say if doubt sets in. Because as long as we are in this earthen vessel, challenges will come. Temptations will come, right? There are circumstances that will happen that will want to what? Shake our what? Faith. And doubt will come in. However, 
God does not expect us to stay in doubt. He expects us what, to move beyond that. And today we'll be talking about what we ought to do, what should happen when doubt sets in. I was looking at the scriptures, and interestingly, I found myself in the scriptures. Um, Matthew chapter 11, that's where I found myself. Matthew chapter 11 from verse 1 to 15 talks about a powerful man of God, a man that God moved through mightily in his time, you know, experiencing a moment of doubt. This man is called John. We also refer to him as the Baptist. John the Baptist at this time in his life was somewhere locked up in a dungeon. Now, who is John? Let me give you his credentials. John was a prophet who other prophets prophesied about. John, his birth was so miraculous that his father stayed dumb for a long time. And only when he had to give his name as John, his mouth opened. Angel Gabriel, one of the angels, one of the holy angels who stood before God, who stands before God, came to announce the birth of John the same way he did for Jesus. John the Baptist located himself in the scriptures and went out to the wilderness. He had for breakfast locusts. He had for lunch wild honey. He had for clothes camel's hair. This was someone who was completely detached from, this, from the comforts, from all the comforts of life. He left the cities and went into the wilderness and sought God there. This was somebody whom God spoke to directly. He said that the person who spoke to me, right, has told me that the person upon whom I see the Holy Spirit descend upon, that is he. He wouldn't have gotten that word from anywhere else, from anyone else except the Father. That was the kind of relationship that John had with God. And the Bible said that he was so effective in ministry in the wilderness, please remember, in the wilderness that people were willing to leave the ACs at home. They were willing to leave their televisions at home in the city, right, to meet with the Word of God out where? In the wilderness. They preferred for that moment in time the discomfort of the wilderness just because the Word of God was coming out so mightily from the life of John the Baptist. And at the point when Jesus Christ shows up to get baptized, what happened? He baptized Jesus Christ, and there and then he heard, he first of all saw the Holy Spirit descend, and then he also heard the Father give that reaffirmation that he heard earlier. And what happened after that? He declared to the whole world, Behold the Lamb of God, which what? Takes away the sin of the world. He was the one who announced Jesus to everyone. He told his disciples, May he increase and I decrease. No one can have anything except it be given to him by what? The Father. This was John the Baptist. This was how powerful he was. But we find out in this passage that somebody who seemingly understood what God was doing, somebody who seemingly had announced who Jesus was, expressed a moment of doubt by sending some of his disciples to Jesus Christ and asking, 
Are thou he that should come, or do we expect someone else? What might have happened during that time? What might have happened time is actually the kind of things that happen to you and I. And as I look through the life of John the Baptist, I'm able to pick out four things, four things. They are usually, they are actually intertwined, but four things that would have thrown John into that situation. The first thing is incomplete information. Incomplete information, what do I mean? You see, remember that I said God gave John the Baptist the word, right? But usually, you know, when God speaks to us, when God gives us a prophetic, a lot of times he doesn't tell us the hows, the whens, the whos. He doesn't give us all the dimensions of how that word will come to pass. Now, we see John the Baptist here, having announced Jesus Christ, having had the word that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the idea they had about the Messiah was someone who would come and conquer and take Israel back to them. The impression that they had of the Messiah was, he's so powerful, he's going to come, he's going to defeat the Romans, right? And take us, take our freedoms back for us. Restore our freedom. After all, the scripture says that the Messiah is someone who sets the captives free. Isn't it? Yes, so that was the impression they had about Jesus. However, what he did not realize was that Jesus Christ, I don't mind, yeah. Thank you. But that Jesus Christ, as the scripture says in John chapter 1, had a ministry that was what? Full of grace and truth. Yes, he would come as that conquering Messiah, but the ministry that he had at that point in time was a ministry of grace. So that did not, he could not really comprehend that. That's number one. And it happens to me a lot of times. It happens to us. You know, when our circumstances do not match the word that we get. That's the first thing, incomplete information. In fact, it's almost like what you read in 1 Peter chapter 1, I think somewhere in verse 10 and 11, where the scripture tells us that the prophets of old, right, while they were writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they were wondering as to who, at what time. So they did not understand the full dimension of what God was doing, even though they had the word of God. And see, it's okay for God to act that way. Why? Because he's, omnip he's omnipotent. He's sovereign. He can give you that word, but he doesn't have to explain the whole gambit of how he's going to work it out. That's number one. The second thing I see closely in his life is that the circumstances he found himself in would have also what brought him to that point. Here was a man who was, at this point in time, where was he? At this point in time, in chapter 11, where is he? Thank you. He's in the dungeon. He's not just in the prison. Right? And 
Why did he find himself in the prison? He found himself in the prison for doing the word of God. Scripture makes us understand that he, had, he declared the word of God to Herod, King Herod. And that is what landed him in prison. What a reward for doing the word of God. I mean, you do the word of God, you do something good, and you get punished for it. So, a lot of times, the circumstances that we found ourselves could actually impact our faith to the point that we begin to ask questions. God, are you there? For some, it could be joblessness. For some, it could be that sickness. For some, it could be that dare lack. For some, it could be unending and unanswered prayers. For some, it could be just frustration. The circumstances he found himself and we find ourselves sometimes allow these doubts to come in. The next thing I see is unfulfilled anticipation. So recall that I had said that they saw the Messiah as someone who would conquer, right? And I can imagine John the Baptist, while being chained and led into the dungeon, in his mind he would say something like, don't worry, the Messiah is around. I've already introduced him. He's going to come get me out of this place, right? He's going to come and boot all of you out, and he will establish a godly kingdom, Right? And then he goes into the dungeon one month, two months, three months, four months. Nobody remembers that John the Baptist is even locked up somewhere. Five months, six months. And what happens? He begins to hear from outside that, hey, man, that man you introduced to us, that guy just keeps going around, walking up and down, you know, preaching and preaching and doing all sorts of good things. And then he now asks Jesus, are you the one? Did I make a mistake? Right? And then lastly is external influences. So I know that um, if you go back to the book of Luke, Luke has a parallel account of this story, chapter 7. You find out that right before um, he sent his disciples, Jesus Christ had, you know, stormed into a burial procession and raised the widow's son back to life. And everybody kept declaring. What did they declare about Jesus? They declared Jesus Christ as a prophet. They declared Jesus Christ as probably Elijah. The, 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 everyone had an impression about Jesus Christ which wasn't right. They didn't have the correct understanding of Jesus. And what do we see? The Bible says that that word came to him in the prison. So, initially he had the word that Jesus was the son of God, but the word that came from the people was that he is a prophet. He is an Elijah. Nobody said that he was what? The son of of God. So we see all these four things, they all play out at several points in our lives. And I'm sure you can connect with it. You know, all these things play out at some point in our life and they make us sometimes ask questions. Ask questions. God, are you still there? God, are you still there? 
Now, it's one thing to have faith. Sorry, it's one thing to have doubts. Doubts come because we are rational beings and we try to place the physical with the spiritual. We try to connect, right, with our senses and make projections and all that. But what do we do when we are in doubt? The first thing that we see is that what? John the Baptist sent his disciples to who? Can I get a response, please? To Jesus. He sent his disciples back to Jesus. That was the best move that John the Baptist would have ever done in that situation. And that is what God expects of us. You see, when we find ourselves in this circumstance, we just need to what? Get back to our source. Throw away the voices of the so-called experts in their field. Throw away the voices of social media influencers. That is not the time you need to listen to your pastor. That's not the time you need to listen to somebody else. That is the time you want you get back to your source. You get back to your source. The second thing that happened, and I'm going to point it out very quickly because my time is um, running so fast. When his disciples came, what did Jesus do? The Bible tells us that what? In fact, I'll go back to Luke chapter 7. The Bible tells us that in that same hour, I underline it in my own Bible, in that same hour, meaning that what? Immediately, Jesus Christ started healing, started doing all sorts of miracles, Jesus Christ literally let the power of God lose. Like he was doing those miracles as a dedication to who? John the Baptist. And then he turns back to his disciples and say, go back to John the Baptist. Tell him the blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those who are unclean are cleansed. The poor have the word of God preached to them. And Every time I read that passage, usually I wonder, was Jesus' response sufficient? That response, was it the kind of response that John needed? I mean, these were the same miracles that John the Baptist had heard about in the dungeon. What was different about these miracles? That Jesus Christ just did. As I searched God's word, I found out something that was very, very, very critical. When you go back to the book of Isaiah, you know, we have what I'll call the portrait of Jesus Christ, where you have so many things that were said about Jesus Christ. What the Spirit of God told me at that point in time that was that. Jesus Christ was directing John the Baptist back to his word. All that Jesus needed to do was like, hey, John the Baptist, it is written of me. Go back to the word. This is my portrait. The blind see. Check. The lame walk. Check. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Check. Check. All he was doing was what? 
checking and giving John what? Reaffirmation that indeed he is what? The son of God. He said, John the Baptist, you are a man of the word. Go back to the word. Go back what? To the word. And that is what God is telling us today. If we ever find ourselves in that situation, in that moment of doubt, the first thing we do what? We should go back to our source. The second thing is what? We go back to the word. Because it's in the word of God we have the answers we seek. What God said before is what God would keep saying. God's word never changes. God doesn't get better. It is our perception of God that what changes, that improves. John the Baptist, go back to the word. It is written of me. I remember when I just graduated from school, you know, and, you know, I had had a very troubled, um, you know, um, growing up days. And after school, you know, I, I decided to just call on God to know what the direction is for my life. And then God gave me a word. He says, I'm going to be a man of peace. And then along my life, shortly after that, my dad passed on. So many terrible things happened. My life kept going down, 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 down. And there were moments when I asked God, I said, why? Recently, I was in that situation also. I was so depressed at work that I didn't go to work for two days. And I kept asking God, God, what is happening? And God gave me what? That word again. That word. See, children of God, for us to ever live that successful life of faith, we need to hold on to these principles. We need to hold on to these principles. The last thing I will say is, remember what he's done. Because, you see, God has a way of sprinkling our lives along the way. You know, say, my son, I'm there. You know, And we have these moments of testimonies. And then suddenly we get to that valley. <laughs> the psalmist said, I will speak of your works. I will remember your works of old. That's what the psalmist said. When you find your mo your, yourself in that circumstance, what? Remember your source. Remember the word. Remember what he's done. Please, can we say together? Remember what? The source. Remember the word. Remember what he's done. That is how we live a life of faith. That is what we do. When doubt sets in. I'm reminded of this song we sang this morning. And it says, turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And what? What's the response? What will happen? The things on earth would what? Go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's bow down our heads this time. Oh, Lord God. Just keep thinking about the word. Just ruminate over it. Think about it. 
I am very sure that, you know, I have spoken about the things that happened to Ross different times. Just respond to God's word at this point in time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is quick. Your word is powerful. You love us so much and you're very interested in our well-being. Father, Lord God, when moments rise and circumstances change, reassure us that you are there. May we remember what you have said. May we remember to come back to you. May we remember, help us remember what you've done. May we get to the points in our walk of faith where we get to trust you unconditionally. And like the three Hebrew children said, our God is able to save us. And even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we will not do this. Father, Lord God, that is the power in faith. We thank you, Lord God, because you're making us better. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. It was an awesome word. And, um, you know, this week as we work on this, let's go back to the source. Let's go back to his word. And let's remember what God has done for us. That God will give us strength. And, and in, it's in Psalms 33. It says that when we trust God, God will give us strength. God will give us joy. And he will, he will overwhelm us with his love and kindness. So, so um, as we end this service, please don't forget to pick up your kids. You need to go through the aisle, and in the foyer you will find your kids, so please do that. And, and also, as we, um, uh, we need to wind this up uh, as quickly as possible because we need to leave this auditorium before 12, because Cineplex has a show at 12, I guess. So, so please uh, you know, uh, help, help out as much as possible, and let's, uh, let's meet outside. Uh, not inside. Thank you so much for coming, and um, it was um, God bless you all.